We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I just like the sound. back to another episode of Veterans Minimum. I'm your host, Nick Dayas, at The Lamb Show, all social media outlets, at Veterans Minimum, all social media outlets. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. There's a LinkedIn, Patreon. We're on Spotify, CastBox. We're everywhere. Shout out to Blue Wire Pods Network. And joining me for the first time since we started doing a podcast together on a weekly basis, um, arguably the most busiest man in podcasting right now, Alan. What's good, baby? I'm not gonna take that claim, but I guess so. Maybe I'll roll with it. I don't know, but yes, times are busy. Holidays, football, and whole bob podcast being done. My guy Alan is uh, super humble, as you guys can hear in his voice and his tone. But I'm gonna put him over like I'm like he's Daniel Bryan back at WrestleMania 30, which is super high praise if you guys are wrestling marks. But my guy was called into an ESPN show last week, right? Was on a podcast yesterday with Tim, who used to be on Veterans Minimum. Alan, what's the name of that podcast you were on? On the board sports. Definitely check that out. Uh, Alan was good friends with the host because I listened to the show and I heard some of the story. Yeah, we were, for a couple of years we used to hang out, but that I don't know, as we got older, it's hard to keep relationships. But yeah, we always made on good terms. His name's Will Trucci. Yeah, and Tim was on there too. Uh, Alan is like he's a stallion, as you guys have seen. So he's doing modeling and shit. He couldn't come into the studio today because who knows? He might be on GQ soon. Got to give him some more. I got to give you more VM merch so you can shout it out, you sexy beast. That, that would be helpful. <laughs> that would definitely be helpful. So today's, today's show, uh, we got some player news. Some players have gotten cut, signed with new teams. We'll get to that. We got some questions from you fans. This is the VM Christmas wish list. I've gathered questions from you guys, mostly from members of the Patreon. You guys have top priority. If you want to sign up for the Patreon, it's patreon.com slash veterans minimum. But we gathered the questions from the Discord. Shout out to E-Killer, our guy Phil, the Discord manager. He gathered all the questions. And I took a couple of questions, handful of questions from fans on Twitter and on Instagram as well. But I want to say, Alan, what are your thoughts on the the lead up to christmas are you a last minute shopper have you gotten it out the way yet 
Like, what's what's Alan Sterk's vibe come the holidays? Have to get it done by mid-December latest. I'm an early shopper, whether it's getting things done for my four-year-old niece or my two-year-old godson or brother, my sister-in-law, my mom. My dad's old school. He doesn't care about Christmas, so he's off the Christmas list. <laughs> Be old school Croatian. But, yeah, I get it mostly done by week before Christmas. So, yeah, I'm pretty much done. I just have to go to Barnes & Noble tomorrow. One last thing. Man, you know what? I am a uh, shout out to Amazon Prime. They're not a sponsor of the show, but they should be. Um, I everyone wants them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's definitely <laughs> true. Um, what I really want is that owner to buy uh, the New York Knicks, but that's for a different podcast. But yeah, you know that uh, that Prime get that get that shit in 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 a day or two is absolutely fantastic. But let's not digress too much. Alan, I am a little bit old school. I do like to still go to the mall, you know. Uh, I live uh, a couple of minutes away from Roosevelt Field Mall out in Long Island. And uh, it's cool, man. I like it. The holidays do get a little crazy. Like, Black Friday is absolutely ridiculous. And we've we've touched on it in the past if you guys want to go and check that out. But as far as my uh, Christmas shopping, I'm one to get it done before December. Like, I really take advantage of, you know, I'm a big discount guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you give me, if I see 25% off or more, nothing gets me more erect than that. So, <laughs> I uh, saw the last test of the NBA store today. It's 25% off a couple of things. So, that's, that could be the all you right there. Oh, man. Tell me about it. And, and, you know, only Alan can see this right now because I'm still trying to get comfortable with wearing glasses. I have these, like, uh, Alan compared it before we started recording. I, I could definitely pass as the fourth Dudley brother right yeah Bubba Ray Devon and obviously the real goat Spike Dudley but I got these shades man they're they're these blue tint glasses they're made my, my buddy Steven he's a DJ and he put me on he's like dude you're in front of a monitor all the time man like these are really good for like screens monitors like the the the, the reflection and whatnot from and, and streaming and stuff like it's a lot of times man where my head just like wants to explode from it so these are really comfortable man really cool so uh if uh, any blue tint companies want to sponsor, we won't say no, Alan. You know what I'm saying? Got to take what we get, as long as you're credible. So let's get into some of this player news, man. So, you know, most notably, uh, a couple of players got released. Um, one got suspended. Uh, I do want to start off with Josh Gordon. Um, you know, yeah. Alan, both of us have publicly opened up about issues with uh you know anxiety and, and and depression and feeling down and lonely and whatnot and you know you don't really know what someone is going to until they kind of open up about it there's still a stigma where people don't want to come out it might be taken as a sign of weakness where for me personally and you know feel free to chime in on i don't want to speak on your behalf but me talking about it has really helped me and you know, Josh Gordon, it's so easy to just say, man, he's pissing away all these millions. It's like, yeah, dude, we get that. But the fact that it's such a common thing with him, and again, he is suspended. Uh, was starting to, we were, you know, we were singing his praises not too long ago, how, you know, on third and eights, third and nines, Russell Wilson with, what, four days of practice was converting first downs with him against the San Francisco 49ers. So, like, you know, First, I want to attack this from a person standpoint. How do you feel about Josh Gordon, man, and the stuff that he's going through? Always been pro Josh Gordon, just as a talent. I could forget that 2014 season. I think Brian Hoyer was QB and then Johnny Manziel came in, but he was put up certain numbers. I think one thing with Josh Gordon, and we can't really relate to this, is addiction. People don't realize how crazy the addiction is. Whether Who knows what exactly he's addicted to? I, I know it's a couple other substances, but the addiction is just hard to overcome whatever it may be. So that's something that people will have to keep in mind. And it's not like this guy is you know, getting arrested or committing all sorts of crazy behavior. He's suffering uh, internally. He's not really trying to you know, put the blame on anyone or he's not trying to be someone that's like a distraction. It's just something that's within him. So, yeah, it's really unfortunate because everyone wants to see a great talent succeed, especially someone as humble as Josh Gordon, especially given some of the suspensions he's gone through. Remember, he was like a car salesman at some point and then he got himself into ridiculous shape. He was looking like DK Metcalf before DK Metcalf. So it's really unfortunate. It's hard to start for me or I don't know if you could touch on this, but we only really know too much about addiction. So I think that's something that people have to keep in mind. Everyone's saying, oh, here we go again. Josh Gordon's like, no, addiction's a real serious thing. So 
I just hope, I hope, I don't know, he's been in the rehabs multiple times. I, I don't know what facility he needs to go to, but I hope he finds it and he just gets life on track. I think football is kind of not an option really for him anymore. So I just hope he gets his life on track at this point. Man, he, this dude missed two games in that season that you're referencing to, and he had uh, the artist formerly known as uh, Josh Campbell, Brian Hoyer, Whedon, those are the kind of quarterbacks, folks. And he missed two games that year. And this fucking guy led the league in receiving yards. Like, and, and I understand, like, one of my friends was like, yeah, but, you know, Cleveland sucked and they were throwing from behind. It's like, dude, suck my balls. This dude was balling out. He was the only guy on the team that was, like, competent on the outside, right? And they had, like, Andrew Hawkins in the slot. And c- come on, you know, like, yeah. this dude's a baller. He went to New England and... You saw right away Brady endorsed him and was like going to battle for him and really wanted him to keep his head on straight. And then, you know, that dude checked himself into rehab, which I think, you know, a lot of times people denial is what's the saying? Like denial is the first step of uh, like realizing the problem. But yeah, in a way, yeah. Right, so, and then he goes, he signs on with uh, Seattle, and these are two organizations that like to take chances on guys with quote-unquote character issues or off-the-field issues, and man, if if guys like Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll and then Tom Brady and Belichick, you can't survive with them, then it is a bigger issue. So, from, from a, a personal standpoint, definitely want that dude to get checked out, and Hopefully he uh, recovers from this stuff. But talking from a football perspective, Alan, this is a uh, man. They were starting to rely on him. He had that crazy catch. It was like fifty-one yards on the first drive against Carolina. It was a beautiful throw by Wilson. Garth, uh, Gordon literally just laid out a phenomenal catch. And yeah, he was just he brought another threat to the offense. I know Malik Turner and David Moore started to come out recently, but still, like Josh Gordon is a talent in his own. So. Uh, I still think Seattle, they're obviously a contender. I think Russell Wilson is going to drop off too much because he's playing at such an elite level right now. But still, you lose a weapon like that, especially against the defenses you're going to face, whether it be Minnesota or San Fran or whoever. Maybe they're going to play San Fran next week, so that's probably for a division. So it's definitely a loss. But it's just... I don't know. Like that offense is so weird because you know Schottenheimer is still... It's, it's crazy how they're still run-oriented, even though Wilson is clearly... Like, yeah, and also what what I think something we didn't mention yet is him lining up on the outside with Metcalf on the outside really put Tyler Lockett in the best place to succeed. Like that dude is a you know he's a top three four wide receiver when he lines up out the slot and that's where he's most effective. And, you know, it wasn't too long ago last year, I believe it was Pat Mahomes and Tyree Kill, and then it was Tyler Lockett and Russell Wilson as the best one-two combos, quarterback-wide receiver combos from a QBR advanced analytical standpoint. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what this team does as far as maneuvering pieces around because, man, I was starting to really like this offense. And, you know, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me kind of thing. You know, this has happened oftentimes with Josh Gordon and uh, maybe should have been a little bit more concerned as far as this kind of thing happening with him. Uh, any any other thoughts on Josh Gordon? I guess I think I was really openly critical about, but definitely owed New England an apology because I was, I was like, why did Belichick get rid of him? Because like, you watched that Patriots offense. like They clearly need Josh Gordon, and now you kind of know why. So, all right, Bill Belichick, you got me. Only two games this year graded above a 75, which was an elite 92.8 graded performance against the Redskins in week four with only a 64.4 season grade. Janoris Jenkins was still the highest graded cornerback from the New York Giants. Uh, Jack Rabbit, formerly the big, big free agent get in the 2016 free agency class when the Giants that season, if you don't mind, Alan, if I could just uh, you know vent a little bit, um, was the biggest mistake for the New York Giants as an organization because what that did was give the fan base and the organization top to bottom false hope. This was a team that was averaging six and a half wins for the last four years prior to that. What happens? McAdoo comes in, inherits a team primarily built and left by Jerry Reese and Tom Coughlin, 
And then they spend $200 million on guaranteed salary. Vernon, Jenkins, uh, Snacks. Right. And, you know, you had all the wide receivers and whatnot. And, you know, Odell was still on the team. Sterling Shepard. I believe they had brought in Brandon Marshall, too. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and No, Cruz is still there. Cruz was still there. Oh, you're right. Yes, Cruz was still there because he was part of the boat, yeah. the boat uh, saga. Um, <laughs> Good old boat. Oh, oh man. So Janoris Jenkins, uh, not gonna say what he said to a fan, but basically what happened was a fan. Jenkins just went on a rant and uh, called a fan a word that would probably get the show banned from Blue Wire and all networks, and we'd have to apologize for. It. So if you guys want, go and look up what Janoris Jenkins said. But basically, the fan was like, hey, man, you're like boasting about your grade and whatnot. But Mike Evans had a career day against you. And he's like, yeah, go back and check, though. I lead the team in deflected balls and shit like that. It's like, hey, spoiler alert. The Giants defense is trash. So you being the best player on the Giants defense, that ain't it, Chief. Jenkins has been cut and he got picked up by the New Orleans Saints. The Saints, once again, getting a cornerback from the New York Giants this time for free. And, man, Eli Apple has been a disaster for them this year, at least. And, you know, we know about Latimer. Uh, Jenkins, what do you what do you think about Jenkins going to the Saints, man? I think it's a worthy gamble. Uh, at this point, especially given that they lost Marcus Davenport and Shelvin Rankins, I think those are two big losses. So you can't be too reliant on the pass rush. I know Dennis Allen likes the blitz, so they can maybe make up for it. But it's, especially in the playoffs with so many teams with the – the receiving corps they have, whether it's San Fran, Seattle, Minnesota, potentially Dallas, like there's so many good good wide receivers in NFC. So I can see why they wanted to take a risk. And even though Jake is a gambler, he's still a playmaker. So uh, I'm not sure where he exactly fits in. I assume they're going to try him on the outside. Uh, they got a pretty fun test against Tennessee coming up. I wonder how he would do against someone like AJ Brown, who's just this massive threat who just can't stop getting open and making plays. But it's a worthy risk. I don't see what the why wouldn't they want to do. It's just I'm not sure where he fits. That they're going to spend Sheila Apple or they'll put him in the slot. Who knows? But I, I like to move in. He's going to be at least inspired, you would hope. So that's at least a good thing. Yeah, that's the one thing I, I want to say. Where I've no, I've I've mentioned this so many times. Like you know, just pivoting over to baseball a little bit. When the Houston Astros got Justin Verlander a couple of years ago, I remember Boss and Tim, who I defer to when it came to baseball talks, because that's their shit, you know. And I was just telling them, I was like, "Yo, I kind of think there's gonna be a big move for the Astros because you got to factor in that he's been on a shit bag team all those years, and now he goes to a contender." And, like, Jenkins going from the Giants who are playing themselves into the number two pick in the draft to now you're going to a team who, according to Vegas right now, uh, well, at least a FanDuel sportsbook because now we can make wages in New Jersey, Allen. They are the second favorite behind the Niners to win the NFC. So going from a team that was going to have the second pick in the draft to the second best odds to win the NFC, I think that could be something that could get Jenkins going. Yeah, it's good to know. I've been saying Niners Saints are the two best teams I've seen. It's, it's good to know someone agrees with me. Yeah, I'll just give you a quick, quick little rundown of what the odds are. Um, don't need to spend too much time on it, but since we're we're talking about that topic right now, um, it is the the overall the overall Super Bowl favorite are the Ravens. Then it's the Saints. Oh, sorry. So according to FanDuel, my bad. The Saints are the favorite to come out the NFC. The Niners okay. are plus 700. So, yeah, you're going from a team that, like I said, was going to be a top three pick to now a Super Bowl favorite. So that, that could be something that could get him going. And, and another guy who, very similar, going from NFC to AFC, though. Man, I think this one is huge because I think T-Sizzle still got it, bro. Dude, he's quietly had a very good year. It's just Arizona's never on TV, so people don't know. But And, of course, they have Chandler Jones, one of the top three edge rushers in the league. But Charles Suggs has been bringing it. Every time I've seen Arizona, he's been bringing pressure. And I think Kansas is a team where they're going to limit his snaps, although in playoffs, who knows anything can happen. But I can see Charles Suggs kind of have like a James Harrison-like impact in the playoffs and just really get after there. Because remember, James Harrison, I think, was against the Chiefs. He drew that hold against Eric Fisher that pretty much decided the game. And he was just taking it to Eric 
Fisher. It wouldn't surprise me to see Terrell Suggs get at Isaiah Wynn or maybe even Ronnie Stanley, whoever maybe whoever top left tackle or a ton full in Houston. It wouldn't surprise me to see Suggs do damage because with him, Frank Clark, Chris Jones, they have a really formidable front four. And the Chiefs secondary stepping up too. So I actually think this is an even bigger move compared to the Jenkins one. According to PFF, shout out to our guy Taron, the stat guy, uh, currently has a 63.0 defensive grade, which is the second worst of his career. Um, but again, go. I think something that's not being factored into these stats and these ratings is is what I've said about like now this dude is going to a team that could compete for the Super Bowl, and you know I've been on this Chiefs bandwagon for a couple of weeks now, Allen and. I kind of like where Kansas City's at. Everyone's talking about the demise and the fall of the New England Patriots, and everyone's sort of treating the Ravens how they did the, the Chiefs last year. And even the Texans have gotten some love because there's reports that maybe J.J. Watt comes back. And, you know, now with Fuller. Good luck trusting Houston, man. I can't trust Houston. Right, right. And then, you know, like even Bill's Mafia, we know about them. And it's like Kansas City just quietly, you know, they could still get the two seed, you know. and. That could be big, and I think getting a guy like Terrell Suggs just need him to do like one thing: come in on third down. He he won't have he won't have to line up against the better tackle, right? Like you have Frank Clark there. This is a team in Spagnola who loves to blitz. We talk about that too. So, man, I think Terrell Suggs, big game player. He's been in big games. He's won a Super Bowl. He's not afraid of New England too, which was always my favorite thing. Like that Ravens team, man. You know. If you ask a Patriot fan, I think the two teams that they would tell you during this run of Brady and Belichick that have, I don't know if striking fear in their hearts is the right word, but you're a little hesitant in saying like, oh, you know, we're booking our trip to the Super Bowl has been Baltimore and then obviously the Giants in the Super Bowl. Yeah. It was crazy because they beat the Patriots in the 2013 playoffs, and that was right after San Fran beat Atlanta. So I wasn't really watching that game with a clear mind, but I do remember just watching them. They looked completely overmatched back in. Yeah, it was the 2013 playoffs. Trey Flack was uh, quote-unquote a league run. Uh, don't want to say that ever again, but you get the joke. Man, also, you know, don't forget, they had went to the AFC title game the year before when Billy Cundiff missed the field goal, too. Uh, I think Lee Evans had a memory. Lee Evans was yes. a for of the big drum. <laughs> yeah, wow, Lee Evans, yeah. legend. Uh, but yeah, man. I just want to mention one thing about the Chiefs. They play the Bears this week. How, how will Bears survive this knowing it's Mahomes or Trubisky? Oh, my God. I didn't even think about that until now. And it's on, on primetime. And it's on primetime. And you also have uh, uh, the student versus the teacher and Nagy versus Andy Reid, too. Oh, man. Chicago and- fans. And, o- your lives. and also, like, Chicago is coming off a game in which kind of ended their season as far as playoff aspirations. Like, a lot of things had to happen for them to make the playoffs, but... No, they're, they're done, I think. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they're coming off that yeah. game with Green Bay where kind of had, like, a long shot of getting in, but mm-hmm. now now I think also the, the under hits on their win total. Like, they can't get to 10 games. Um, cash that one on Tim. Suck my balls, Tim, when you hear this. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, so real quick, of the three, which one do you think is the most impactful for that team? I would say Suggs. Suggs? Man, I'm going to say Josh Gordon. I think Gordon I think Gordon not being there, now you got to put Tyler Lockett on the outside. Are you going to trust a guy like uh, Malik Turner, right? Uh, or um, He's good chemistry David Moore. Right, I was going to mention like – yeah, but still, like, uh, I, I understand that. And Russell Wilson, you know, Russell Wilson, I, I think, is, is starting to be severely disrespected in the MVP race. Like, man, uh, call me crazy, but I think he has just as good as claim to the MVP as, as Lamar Jackson does, man. Because especially with what he's doing, like, the Ravens had 12 Pro Bowlers. And I know the Pro Bowl is, it's a fan vote and whatnot, but, you know, he has a really good-ass team. Yeah. And I just think the first eight games of the year we saw Wilson, whether it was against the Rams or well, I remember that Thursday night game against the Rams. He had a flawless performance. But even we were watching that Bucks game, he was lining them up. Just there's been games where Russell Wilson has just been perfect, and he's made so many difficult throws. Like him and Lockett, everyone says, "Oh, they have such great chemistry." But yeah, Lockett's a great runner. But there's times where Wilson has to put the ball right, where 
lock his hands on us. So for me, I just think Wilson, he's still someone that deserves a lot of consideration. It's just, what have you done for me lately? Like, that's the thing. And he's kind of, that Rams Sunday night game kind of damaged his, uh, his stock, you could say. But I think he should still get a lot of claim. But Lamar's taking over the world, what can we say? All right. Let's uh, let's pivot on over to this segment. Um, called it the Chris uh, the Christmas wish list. Um, I've gathered some questions, mostly from the members of the Patreon and the VM Discord. Shout out to my guy E Killer who gathered the questions. But there are a couple from Twitter and from Instagram. But the top priority is and always will be the members of the Patreon. So, Alan, the basis and the objective of this Christmas wish list. It is the holiday spirit, and with the season being upon us, uh, a couple of teams don't have the luxury of going to the postseason, i.e. my New York football giants, your Atlanta Falcons. So we've gathered some questions. What is your wish for your team to do? And, you know, we got a couple of soccer questions. There's some uh, hockey questions. Oh, let's go. So we'll see what we could get to, but. Uh, I want to treat this as rapid fire. Maybe we each give uh, one take on each one, and uh, we go from there. What do you say? Sounds good. All right. Let's get into the first one. Shout out to my girl, Anna, from the 305. Love the 305. Spanish up. All I want for Christmas is for the Dolphins to get it together and figure out a consistent plan to get us out of this shitty hellhole. It's been over 30 years since we've won a Super Bowl and I need the next win to come quick or else I actually might jump off a bridge. First of all, Anna, love a woman who is into her sports. Great, great style points. Number two, uh, don't jump off a bridge because you might have to wait another 30 years. (laughs) Alan, what do you think? Just go root for Horry Mosvidal. Root for Horry Mosvidal. That's it. That's what you got to do in Miami. (laughs) But in all seriousness... Look, they're rebuilding. I don't have to tell you. This, they're, they're, this, they got a plan, I guess. I do think Brian Flores is a decent coach, though. I've been intrigued to see what he's been doing. I think they're assembling a decent amount of talent. Shout out to Devontae Parker, year six, finally breaking out. You know, get that payday. Shoving it up, Adam Gates once again. But, yeah, it's going to take another two, three years. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, but I, I do I do want to say, though, that they, they do have a plan, I think, right? Like, we're going to collect assets and we're going to suck. Like that's a plan yeah. to me. They're not they're not making trades like the Giants are very frustrating because they sign Saquon Barkley when they take him and it's like, yeah, you know, that's a win now move, right? Because you take a running back, it was a position of need. I I, I understand generational talent, I get that. But you take a running back, you're telling me that this is the missing piece. Clearly it wasn't, right? Miami's like, yo, we're gonna get rid of these players. Now Micah Fitzpatrick I don't know if you'd get a player that good the way he's playing. Like that dude is literally in the defensive player of the year conversation right now. But and uh, my my final thought on this one is, you're if you're a Dolphins fan, like you have a plan. You're gonna suck. You're gonna collect assets, and you're rebuilding. And I think I think you'll be fine, right? Brady's on his last licks, if not the last lick. So the New England, I, I think you got to worry about that team in Buffalo. I think you gotta you gotta worry about that team in Buffalo if I'm looking at this AFC East. Oh yeah, the way they're accumulating talent just because we look at the Bills like other than Frank Gore, who's really old on that team. Yeah, and I think this is a tremendous segue into the next question from my guy J Dub for the Bills offense to get as good as the defense because Jesus Christ, <laughs> like hey, everyone knew Josh Allen was raw coming out. You gotta give him a chance. Yeah, and you know what, like. Here's the thing with Buffalo. Defense is really good. It's been really good. It's 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 been building towards this, right? Like they were a top ten defense last year. They're a top ten defense this year. John Brown, it's cool, right? He he fits what they want to do with Josh Allen, Cole Beasley, reliable guy underneath. Yeah, you know, like I would have loved to see a guy like Devontae Parker on this team, right? A guy who, you know, maybe like a Mike Williams prototype wide receiver. Would be, you know, like a big body guy because they don't have anyone. Like, if you look at their, when they huddle, man, it's really crazy how much bigger. And I get it. Look, a lot of a lot of quarterbacks are your, your you know, prototype 6'3 and above kind of thing, right? But, yeah, it does. 
I don't know what Buffalo's offense is like in the red zone, Alan. If you know, feel free to chime in. But I think one of the reasons why teams tend to struggle in the red zone is you don't have that option to put fear in a defense's heart. Like, yo, you know, we could throw a jump ball here, which, you know, the goal line fade, a lot of people feel are indifferent about it anyway. But how do you feel about this Bills offense? I think we've been saying for the past few weeks, just they're kind of a year ahead of schedule. I think they didn't, at least most people didn't think they'd be in the playoffs. So for me, I thought it was like, okay, they might win six, seven, eight games. But that's about it. So it, there's only so much you can do in one off season. The fact that they get, you know, good talent like John Brown, who's had, I always thought John Brown was a really good deep threat, just injuries and the other issues have affected him. And Cole Beasley, you know, you're getting from him. So just, there's only so much you can do in one off season. I think that's the kind of perspective you have to have. Uh, I think, if anything, it's more on just Josh Allen find that consistent with him because his accuracy is still all over the place. He still fumbles a lot. I just think Josh Allen needs to tense his style a little bit, show more maturity, and that's where the offense will progress. Of course, he needs another weapon too, maybe another tight end, but ultimately I think it falls on Josh Allen rather than the receivers because I think they're going to – they don't have much flaws left. So I think going to the next draft for the offseason, they're going to put an emphasis on yet another playmaker. This one comes in from Twitter at, well, his name is Nick, and I see uh, NB1217 underscore 32. Uh, high percentage that this might be a bot, but uh, VM Christmas wish list is celebrate a Super Bowl victory. doesn't really specify what team he is rooting for, uh, but his, uh, his logo is the Baby Yoda in a Pat Mahomes jersey. So I'm going to go with Kansas City. Um, yeah, man, I'm sure everyone listening, every sports fan, I think every sports fan, and this is going to be hard and this is a, 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 a bad take because I don't know if it's possible, Alan, but I think everyone at one point in their life should be able to buy championship gear of their team one way or another. I think it's a really cool moment. I've got to see the Giants do it twice. They are my all-time favorite team. Uh, the only other team that will make me absolutely lose my shit if they have their one would be Team USA. Uh, that's the soccer team, and that's also probably never going to happen. But uh, yeah, Alan, what would you do for a Super Bowl victory for the for the Falcons? I don't know. They have their chance. I'm very modest when it comes to it because after what happened, it's like you have like a sense of indifference. So you know, after last summer with Croatia, I feel like I already hit like the peak. Like just seeing over almost a million people in one area of Croatia just celebrating. So, yeah, I don't know. At this point, if it happens, it happens. But after what happened with the collapse, I think a lot of people are just indifferent at this point. Nick Chavez says, Dallas Cowboys hiring Riverboat Ron as the head coach. And I want to parlay another one, too, from Chino because he has a Cowboy question, and it's hiring Lincoln Riley. Uh, how do you feel about both of these prospects? Uh, I don't think Ron Rivera would be the greatest fit in Dallas. I think Dallas just needs an offensive mind coach. I think Ron Rivera should go to a place that just needs what do you want to call it a culture change or just need integrity, just need, bring back you know credibility back to a franchise like the Giants or the Jaguars. There you go. There you go. That should look at Rivera. When it comes to say Dallas or potentially even Atlanta, I just think they need to find the most savvy, uh, offensive savvy mind they could get, whether it be Lincoln Riley or whoever else it may be, maybe the offensive coordinator in Kansas City. My God's name right now, but no, Dallas needs, they just need someone that could bring in some sort of creativity and just a certain game plan to the offense because it's just what they're doing right now is just not working. So I don't think Ron Verbe could sit there. He should go to the Giants or Jaguars. The uh, Chiefs offensive coordinator is Eric Bianimi. There you go. Um, right, right. You know, I'm always a little hesitant when it's a, uh, a coordinator coming from a team that has a head coach with the clout of a Sean Payton, an Andy Reid, because how much of it is the coordinator? And also when you have a guy like Pat Mahomes pulling the strings, um, I, I do think I would, you know, not, I don't know much about this guy, but I always use that as something to maybe, you know, pump the brakes on a little bit. He is pretty highly regarded and I think he'll get consideration. I think Greg Rome will get consideration. Even though I don't know how any franchise could trust Josh McDaniels, I hear Josh McDaniels might get some consideration, but I can't see someone like Jerry Jones getting Josh McDaniels. Yeah, one thing with Josh McDaniels is uh, I, I think a cool package would be 
apparently uh, his first name is Nick. Uh, his his last name is escaping me, but he's a big GM prospect also, and he's already told the Patriots that he's going to move on. So, man, I mean, for the Giants, I would love that package deal. Get Gettleman out, get McDaniels in, you get this dude in, GM, head coach combination, and then you go from there. Uh, all right, a soccer question. Jordan Riley. Manchester United needs uh, everything with an exclamation mark. Cut ties with Ole Gunnar. Sorry, he was a hell of a player, but he's not getting the job done as a manager. They need a manager who can utilize Pogba correctly. If not, get rid of Pogba. Still need a lot of help on defenders. Spending spending 80 million pounds on Harry Maguire was not the move. Allen, uh, Manchester United, one of the most popular just sports teams in the world. Uh you know, Manchester United was one of the first teams in my lifetime that, man, my friends who, and you know my group of friends, they tune into soccer whenever it's the World Cup, Euro Cup, and very rarely when, like, me and my buddy Ralph and Tommy or even you will tweet or talk about a particular, like, yo, Man City versus Leicester kind of matchup where Leicester was going for like the the Premier League back, you know, a couple of years ago. By the way, Leicester City quietly in second. Yeah, Leicester's top. Yeah. yeah, they're really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but go on. Uh, this is uh, it's crazy to see Manchester United flounder right now. Like they have been fine for the past couple of years. I think to start they should hire Mauricio Pochettino, who recently got sacked by Tottenham. I just think Pochettino needs to change the scenery. So bringing him on, I think you just because he's the one that came off for Tottenham back in like 2014, 2015, and he just took that club to a whole new level. Like who could imagine Tottenham in a Champions League final consistently in the top four? What he did for Tottenham, I think, just he built, you know, he elevated young talent, you know, every year, just you saw that consistency, you know, plays high pressing. I think he would be great. Pogba, I think Pogba just, he, he's, his head somewhere else. He's probably going to get told to about Madrid or whoever, maybe, maybe back to Juventus, who knows, but I don't think he should be a lot of item on. I just think Manchester United just got to, Continue with the youth movement. That's what I think they've been focused on this past year, and uh, it's gonna be better signing. A lot of their signs have flopped. I don't mind Maguire, but the thing is, like, they spent 80 million, so they're gonna have to wait a couple years. They also have this right back, Erwan Basaka, who was like 50 million. So, you know, when they're talking about buying more defenders, I'm like, that's a lot of defense right now. I think they need a midfield. So, yeah, it's, it's a long process, especially given how good Liverpool is at Leicester. Manchester City, I think it's gonna take another two, three years for Manchester United to get back with. Yeah, England's elite. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 just living off their uh, name right now, uh, if anything. And you know, Liverpool, man, t- this might be the year where my dad thinks they're going to go back to back with Champions League. They have to be the favorites. They're the most consistent team in Europe right now. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next question is also my guy Piz also mentioned the Bills getting a true number one wide receiver. My girl Tammy says my wish is the same as yours, Nick. Damn Giants, Tammy. Uh, I'm in a good mood, Tammy. I don't want to talk about this shitbag team, but I agree with you. Yeah, that, a lot needs to be done there. Um, you know, be interesting. Quick thing with the Bills. What if maybe them getting AJ Green? That'd be kind of cool. Yo, so I have I have a strong take for AJ Green. If you're AJ Green now, what do you think you should be looking for, Allen? Best fit, or you know, obviously biggest payday. Oh, he's made his money, right? Like if I if I'm AJ Green right now, right, That's and I'll make it more money. And I know it's easy for me to say, but you know. He he should look for a team where look look he missed the whole year right he's not going to come back the last two games of the year he has a net worth of eighteen million dollars he's made over seventy seven point six million dollars in guaranteed money uh, ranks the most among NFL active wide receivers is the amount of money that he's made. Um, I think right now, man, you got to look at a team like Green Bay. You got to look at a team like New England. You got to look at a team like, uh, I don't want to say Oakland because that's just like a bad, bad like stigma to it. Maybe even like, yo, maybe like a Philly. Yeah. Yeah. Like a team that, you know, you can put them over the hump. You could compete for a Super Bowl. 
You could be on a team that's probably going to win their division. Like, that's what I would be looking at if I was A.J. Green. Yeah, I, I could say Pittsburgh, Baltimore, but no way Cleveland trades in-house. Oh, yeah, that, that's why I, I excluded them from going there. You know, he's, I believe he's third, he's 31, right? This is a lost season from him. But, dude, I just think that if this guy goes to a team, like, yo, seven-time Pro Bowler, three-time second-team All-Pro, uh, this, this guy is a premier wide receiver. Well, he was a premier wide receiver in the league. You know, no one caught more passes, 260, than him in their first three NFL seasons. And then, well, Jarvis Landry broke that. But, you know, also, like, this guy's been working with Andy Dalton. Like, Andy Dalton is a thing because of A.J. Green. So, He's also a guy who, you know, they have him at 6'4". Like, maybe you go to Buffalo, right? Buffalo, New England, Philly. Teams like that, I think that's Green Bay. That's what I'm thinking if I'm A.J. Green right now. Yeah, same draft class as Julio. So, like, I think he still has a good three, four years left to A.J. Green as long as health permitting. Right. Yeah, 2011 draft class is, uh... <sighs> dude, Cam, Von Miller, Darius, Green, Peterson... Julio, Tyron Smith, Watt. Oh my God. Of the 12 first round picks, oh, the 12, the top 12, man, only three have flopped, right? Jake Locker, Blaine Gabbert, Christian Ponder. Like, Alden Smith was a beast, but like, he had his own, like, his on field production was insane, but it's, you know, he had his own issues off the field. Robert Quinn, Pouncey, Kerrigan, like, Ah, Mark Ingram, Jesus Christ! You're looking at K- Cameron Hayward. Oh my God! Interesting. Phenomenal draft class. Yeah, that's a that's a that's an elite draft class. Holy shit! All right. Uh, do we have any other questions here? As I'm looking. Uh, no, that's about it, man. That's about it. Um, Twitter. I do want to touch on one thing that we didn't really uh, it happened yesterday, but we should probably cover the Tom Coughlin news. Just hit me. Yeah, Tom Coughlin uh, gets let go. He was he was set to step down at the end of the year and retire. So it just it's become a really bad like shitstorm down in Jacksonville where you know he was fine finding players for meetings. Uh, he was you know he ran a couple guys out of town right like Jalen Ramsey didn't want to be there because of him. Uh, Dante Fowler first round pick. You're talking about first round picks that your your team has invested top five draft picks on and they're no longer a part of your core you know it's the same issue it's the same issue with the new york giants where you're looking at the giants where you know someone a giants beat writer entertained the idea of maybe letting go of an evan ingram and it's like dude that's another first round pick that you're just gonna let go of you know so that's how you build your team with the first round picks and look at some other situations in gawkway held out I think during train camp eventually came back. I don't think he's. I still think he's disgruntled. Uh, Telvin Smith took a year off. It could partially because of the Coughlin. I just think Coughlin, that old minded approach, just doesn't work anymore. And people got fed up. And the whole Leonard Fournette situation, where I think he's tried to find him, or he did find a ninety grand for uh, not sitting or not showing up to a game where he was inactive. It's just silly things like that. It just doesn't fly anymore. So I don't know Jacksonville like. I think a lot of people are cheering. I haven't seen players be this happy about someone getting fired since Brian Grigson got fired in Indianapolis. Yeah. Yeah, it, it sucks. I, I just felt like there was – I know he started in Jacksonville was where he, like, really became a, a name in the league and whatnot. And, you know, he had that, those Mark Brunel Jaguars team. They went to an AFC title game in either their second or third season. But – yeah, he just sort of stepped down when the Giants let him go. Uh, him and Eli would have been nice to go out on top together. Um, all right. Alan, support for Veterans Minimum comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Alan, as you know, my friend, I'm very hairy, and I don't want you to imagine what it might look like down below because that could be graphic. With that being yeah, said, Manscaped, has eliminated uh, manscaping accidents. They're finally a thing of the past. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag on your nuts. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code VM at manscaped.com. Always use the right tool for the job. 
your grapefruits. Shout out to Vince McMahon. We'll thank you later. That is 20% off and free shipping with the code VM at manscaped.com. That's 20% off, free shipping, manscaped.com. The code is VM, baby. Okay. Games of the week. Alan. Uh, Crazy week. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can, make, you can make an argument that uh, all three games on Saturday are very, very interesting. You know, like, we'll, we'll start with Patriots-Bills, but Houston can wrap up their division with a win. And then it makes that Titans and Texans game sort of meaningless next week. Um, you know, Titans are at home against the Saints. We got the Patriots and the Bills, which is the game we're going to break down right now. Uh, despite recent struggles, New England is still PFF's third-ranked team and second-ranked defense. And I strongly disagree with PFF. I don't think they're the third-best team in football. Hell, I don't think they're the third best team in the AFC right now, the way they're playing. And I know Houston beat them, and I know it's hard to trust Houston. But, man, Edelman looks hobbled. I watched a video of him catching passes at practice, and he's, like, limping around and whatnot. And, dude, I want you to just close your eyes. and all you guys uh, listening right now, close your eyes and envision this offense without Edelman. It's going to be horrible. Josh McDaniels, you better cook up some magic. Because I don't know. I feel like Mohamed Snoozy are not healthy or he's aged four years since going to New England. He cannot separate right now. And the Neil Keel Harry pick, it's just, I don't know what Belichick saw there. Because you look at me hearing about this rookie receiver class over the past few weeks, and there's just so many names there between A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel, D.K. Metcalf, Slayton, uh, Clore, and Hardman. There's just so many receivers that I look there, and it's like, this person that in New England people up crazy numbers while well, Nikhil Harry really hasn't done much. I know he's been injured, but I just don't know what he brings to the table. Like, what's his one quality? Like, is it back shoulder catches? Like, that's not something you really want. All right. I have something in front of me right now that I want to read to you. And, you know, it was a running joke, but now it's like, it, it, it it's a problem, right? Patriots' entire wide receiver draft history under Bill Belichick, it seems to be the one position that he just can't get right. He can't get right wide receivers that he drafts. Now, he's hit home runs on, you know, he really, I think, Allen, made the slot position a thing, right? Like, Wes Welker comes over from Miami, and I know Brandon Stokely was the guy back in the day and whatnot, and but he really made... Yo, you know what is really helpful? A guy who can line up on linebackers and pick up eight yards every time he catches a pass. Wes Welker. He brings in Randy Moss. Changes his career. Deion Branch, second round. David Givens, seventh round. Bethel Johnson, second round. P.K. Sam, fifth round. Chad Jackson, sixth round. Second round, sorry. Brandon Tate, third round. Julian Edelman, seventh round, but was drafted as a quarterback. Tyler Price, 2010. Jeremy Ebert, seventh round. Uh, Aaron Dodson, second round. Um, Josh Boyce. Jeremy Gallen. Malcolm Mitchell, who you said you loved, but just couldn't stay healthy. He tore up the Falcons in the Super Bowl. Right. Uh, Devin Lucian. Uh, you know, most recently. <laughs> no idea who this is. Yeah. Uh, Nikhil Harry. It's just been a position that they just don't, they don't draft well, you know? And... It, it's it's something where if I was New England, I just wouldn't draft wide receivers anymore. I would just say, yo, I'm just going to trade for them. Um, or hire someone from Pittsburgh because they know I draft receivers. Yeah, that's a, that's a team that definitely knows how to draft wide receivers. Um, I, I, just, I just think that with this team, man, their offense looks really bad. Uh, Sony Michelle, he's another guy that, like, don't you wish they had the other Georgia running back from that class? Oh, imagine they had Nick Chubb. Jesus. Nick Chubb's the top, top five. Nick Chubb's probably the only good thing about Cleveland right now. And Cleveland fans watch their teams like, just give the ball to Nick Chubb and we'll be happy. Oh, man, tell me about it. Like, that that should have been the focal point of their offense. Not Baker, not Landry, not Najoku, not Odell. Like, no, nah, it should have been Nick Chubb. Yeah, um, they're trying to force feed Creep Hunt too much as well. Right, right. Uh, Brady has been throwing into tight windows 25% more than the league average due to lack of receiver separation. Again, our guy Taron with the stats. Uh, 
How do you feel this game plays out? Because it has the lowest total on the slate at 37 points from a betting perspective. This game screams 13-10. It really does. I just don't know how New England moves the ball. At least with Buffalo, they're going to take chances. And they have their receivers that can create separation, John Brown and Cole Beasley. Although I do wonder who's Gilmore going to cover. Is he just going to stay as preferred left area or he might uh, attract someone? Um Depends what the game plan is, but I just think whether it's with Josh Allen with his legs or some trickery, even though Josh McDowell will probably con- concoct some sort of you know crazy plays, I just I have actually more faith in Buffalo. It's crazy because I know Josh Allen will at least turn the ball over twice this game, but it's just how you know if New England to move the ball right now, especially against the top five defense, because I think that's what Buffalo is at this point. This week in and week out, they continue to impress. I think this, uh, you know, what sucks is that the Patriots got Miami at home next week because even if Buffalo wins this game, they probably still won't be able to win the division. But I, I wish I wish New England had to go into Miami. That could have been interesting, but they play them in Foxborough. Uh, I do think Buffalo wins this game, though. I'm leaving Buffalo this point. I just I watched New England. It's I don't know how you can be encouraged by it. They were even struggling to lose the ball against the Bengals. Like, at this point, it's just all on scheme. Unless James White. I think James White's always their X factor because he could catch, like, eight passes. But I think Buffalo, they're going to bring a lot of pressure. They're going to, you know, put a bunch of their linebackers or even safeties to just to rattle Brady because at this point, they trust their corners. Scotty like Tredavious White, he could he's on the outside. He's making plays. So then that D-line's going after it as well. They have such a deep rotation up front, so. For me, I'm going Buffalo. It's just crazy. I still do not trust Josh Allen whatsoever, but I just don't know how New England lose the ball. It's going to be, like you said, one of those weird 13-10 games. And who knows, maybe special teams plays a big factor in it because right now who can really trust New England's kicking situation while you know, Hashka is one of the better kickers in the league. Their defense is going to keep them in games. Uh, that goes for both teams. I think... I think Buffalo, this could be – this. if I'm a Bills fan right now, what I would want to see is being able to defeat the team that has just dominated you all these decades. Because I do think that they're more in line to be the heir apparent to the throne that New England is going to leave behind um, more than anyone in that division. Uh, I, I love McDermott. I love what he's done on defense. Tredavious White is probably the second best corner in football behind Stephon Gilmore, who was a Buffalo Bill. And, yeah. and you know, uh, I love Oliver. Uh, their, their team just, like, they scheme pass rushers. They, you know, their secondary is super underrated, I think, also. I just, yeah, I just can't see New England being able to move the ball against them. Like, this might be, again, I think their only course for success on offense for New England is just James White and Edelman. And I think I think Edelman might be hobbled, man. I think it'll take a big Josh Allen disaster for them to lose. Josh Allen would have to completely lose this game for them to not pull off this win. So you're going with Buffalo? I know it's crazy, but I'm going Buffalo. No, can't trust nobody circles a wagon like the Buffalo Bills. Let's go, baby. Uh, all right. Next up, we have the uh, the someone please just win this division matchup. The Eagles and the Cowboys. Eagles offense is fourth compared to the Eagles offense is 19th. The defense, the Cowboys are a top 10 defense coming in at seventh. The Eagles are at 27th. Um, Dak Prescott appeared on the injury report with a shoulder injury. He said he's going to be good to go for this showdown. Uh, both teams coming off wins last week. One win being more impressive than the other. Both teams seven That's and seven. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, both teams seven and seven. Uh, financially, because I have some investments in the Eagles, I want the Eagles to win this game so they can win the division. However, from uh, a team that can make a run in the playoffs, I think Dallas is better suited for that. A lot suited, I think. I just, the Eagles, I watched last night the Eagles Redskins highlights, and I was just so underwhelmed by Philly, just how much they're just trying. Granted, Wentz made a, one of the best throws I've seen all year to the Miles Sanders in the back end zone, but I think the lack of weapons offset, um, offensively for Philly is just 
there's no one there. Like, and I think going against a defense like Dallas, which has kind of performed this year, it's, it's still like they got. I don't know how they're going to struggle to move the ball. And I don't know if you noticed this, but Wentz, but he has 23 fumbles in the last two years. I did not know he had a fumbling problem between him and Daniel Jones. I don't know what's going on that season, but quarterbacks be fumbling. But I just think Dallas is too much sounds to lose this. I, Doug Peterson and Steph, they put together some sort of crazy game plan to maybe Dak gets a little rattled because Dak tends to, he tends to struggle in road, big road games, I've noticed over the years. Uh, unless that happens, maybe Dallas falls apart, which you know, anything's possible. But uh, I just think Dallas, this is a time where we saw last week everything came together against the Rams. Big time for them once again. I want to see Dak, he's been playing at a really high level this year. I want time, especially against the, that Eagles secondary. They're getting lit up by Haskins, so even if Dak's 100%, I assume he easily light up the Eagles secondary, especially given Mari Cooper's history against them. Yeah, Cooper has been an absolute savage against them, but, uh, you know, there there's an alarming statistic as someone that does uh, it's a relatively competitive daily fantasy player, and I like to say I play a little high stakes. You know, his splits when he plays in Dallas as opposed to out of Dallas are very, very concerning. Like, dude, you're talking about what he plays in Cowboy Stadium. He's Jerry Rice. And when he plays outside of Cowboy Stadium, he's uh, Ruben Randall. Like, that's that's the difference in, in talent when he's home and away. So this is a spot where I think Dak is going to have to outduel Carson Wentz, and he does have the weapons to do so. And also another thing, man, and, and I know I'm going a little bit, but the Eagles are a stout team against the run, but Zeke seems to be eating them up in his career. He's played better recent weeks. He looks a lot more spry. He's been breaking a lot more tackles. Who are you going with? I'm begging on Dallas, but I'm still feeling like I'm going to regret it. All right. Yeah, I think uh, I think I feel the same way, man. I want Philly to win. God, I can't believe. You know, sports betting, guys, uh, don't do it. It makes you root for teams <laughs> that you hate. But, uh, yeah. Um, it's a, it's just, the thing with the Eagles, let's think, like, yeah, okay, they're on a two-game point streak, but they've looked so underwhelming in both those games. And now they're facing a team that has legitimate talent. Like, how am I supposed to believe in that? Right. Yeah. It, they're lucky that they're playing this game at home, if anything. Oh, yeah. That's that's, that's, the, that's the biggest advantage for them. But, all right, cool. Uh, last but not least, Monday night, we have uh, basically another uh, winner wins the division matchup, I would say. Uh, you got the Minnesota Vikings. They are playing at home against the Green Bay Packers. And, dude, I know you're not much of a sports betting guy, but Mike Zimmer at home is basically uh, a free win. Like, he covers 77% of his spreads when he plays at home as the head coach for the Minnesota Vikings. Like, do you know how insane that is? Dude, Zimmer's one of the top coaches. I've always raised about Mike Zimmer. Yo, if I if you can assure me that yo, you can pick seventy seven percent every year, I would quit everything and just gamble. <laughs> like seventy seven percent is so ridiculous. And what is that? Like a C plus in high school? Uh, yeah, I believe so. So like a C plus in sports betting, folks. You can you can do a lot with that. Um, with all that being said. Uh, no Dalvin Cook. If you are a running backs don't matter kind of guy like I am, uh, you know, I always try to nitpick at my friends that are Cowboy fans. Alan really knows who they are. And I tell them, like, hey, I wouldn't have paid Zeke. I don't think I would pay a running back. I think Tony Pollard could have gotten 1,200 yards behind that offense and that offensive line. I introduce to you guys Boone. The third string running back, most likely to be the starter in this game for the Minnesota Vikings, which, you know. Preseason great, Mike Bones. Yeah, preseason Hall of Famer. Um, scored two touchdowns last week. He's a guy who everyone in the fantasy community, if you guys are in the championship, good luck. And go pick him up if you haven't already. 
or if he's available, uh, that's a mistake. But everyone's like, oh, league winner, league winner. But, you know, this is a, this is a big-ass game for Kirk Cousins too, man. Like, I think Kirk Cousins wins this game. I think we could eliminate the Kirk Cousins in primetime narrative, which isn't really a narrative. It's, it's kind of like he struggles in primetime. I just think he struggles in general when it comes to big games, whether it's primetime, 425. It just doesn't seem like he delivers when DB. But I, well, I do think he's having a better year than I think expected. Because remember, like in September, people like this guy, like throw the ball downfield. Now, I think moving towards more of a play action centric scheme has really helped. Let me see. I don't think any team runs, maybe the Rams, but they run so many bootlegs and it's effective, especially guys like Diggs and now feeling healthy. And even though Kyle Rudolph, I think he's massively overrated, even even cousins have this rapport where they're just on the same page all the time. It's crazy. So, you know, they're passing game. Everyone was mocking a couple of months ago. Now they're pretty much hitting shots up downfield, especially on play action. Well, I, I want to remind people like Jordan Reed became a thing in Washington because of Kirk Cousins. Vernon Davis was a guy that I remember from playing fantasy. Uh, I would. St- I cannot. I, I got a strong disagree. Jordan Reed's a real talent. I think Jordan Reed would thrive forever, man. That's fair. Jordan Reed is prime. He is a scary talent. That's like, fair. Yeah, there yeah. was there was a strong case for him being like a top five tight end at some points, man. Like, yeah, just I think sucks. he would thrive wherever. Right, right. Okay, that's fair. I'll de- I'll defer to you on that one because you're yeah. right. But what I was really trying to get at was that he loves his he loves his tight ends more True. than anything, and you know, Thielen coming back. I think Thielen could be like. I want to say Minnesota's a dark horse candidate for me. But I, I still, there's just something about him that I don't trust. And then on the flip side, it's like, can anyone else do something on offense besides Devontae Adams from a, a, a receiving standpoint? Lazar has popped up a couple of plays, but he's still kind of raw. Yeah, I've been really disappointed with all the scandaling and what stuff this year. Jimmy Graham looks like he's 42. Geronimo, as fun as he is, is way too consistent. He drops a lot of passes. I, I don't think there's been enough attention, but Green Bay has looked really underwhelming for a good majority of this year. Granted, they've beaten some good teams, whether it be Kansas City or at the time they beat Dallas. So everyone's still with Dallas is a real contender, but it was still a pretty dominant win. You got to give them credit there. But it's just, I don't know. They always, they had, like, I watched the highlights when they played Washington or Chicago. That offense does not seem in sync. It's like, okay, if Cole Splash plays to Adams and you have Aaron Jones doing his thing. But I don't know, Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, just they have not looked in sync this year. And I do think at some point they're going to get got at because we've seen San Francisco really torch them and then you know, that wild Chargers game. So I think it's only a matter of time for Green Bay. If they haven't been exposed already, they'll get exposed some more. Uh, one thing that I think is pretty sneaky is this has been a place of horrors for the Packers. Uh, this new venue for new venue. I mean, it's been open for a couple of years now, but they've never won in Minnesota. This is also the game that ruined the Packers season not too long ago when Aaron Rodgers broke his collarbone. So I I think that's something else. I, that's one of the better home field advantages, which I, I don't know. I feel like it doesn't get the same respect like the 12th man does Arrowhead, um, uh, Baltimore, which you know, I heard you on that podcast saying how, and you've been singing their praises for the longest time here too. Well, I think Minnesota issue is they don't have many home playoff games. They're, they're still kind of under the radar. I think people know Minnesota for being a franchise that kind of collapses, kind of like a land in a way. It just went to big moments they flounder. Right. So, because hey, Minnesota is like one of the more notable cursed franchises when you think about it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, minus the whole Minnesota miracle. Yeah, <laughs> the that's one of the wildest things I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. You know why I think people, like, even though Minnesota, I do good at all the time, I think the biggest issue with them and why I think they're going to be early bounce, that secondary is just bad. Xavier Rhodes, that guy cannot stay healthy. He looks, that guy just looks old at this point. It's, I think PFF, Sam Munson, uh, was this. he hasn't played a full game since like week two. In terms of like playing every snap, he's just always hobbling, always beat up. And then some of the young corners have stuff as like Mike Hughes and Trey Wayne's having, I think Minnesota for all that talent on the front seven, just those not having those corners is a real big concern. And it'd just be one of those games where kind of like what Devontae Adams did against Philly, Devontae Adams could take over once again. Who do you think has a, a higher QB rating this year? 
just blindly, who would you guess? Well, it's going to be Kirk Cousins because his completion percentage is through the roof. They have, I'll tell you, no team off play action is more lethal than Minnesota this year. They're just killing teams off play action. Yeah, I do think uh, for as much hype as as Boone is getting, I, I do think Dalvin Cook is needed in a game like this. Oh, look, he's a superstar, so there's no dispute of that. I'm going to go with the Vikings, though. I think at home, uh, you know, last time these two played earlier in the year, like the Packers jumped out to like that 21-point lead, and then they kind of didn't do anything after that. Like, at all. They just looked completely incompetent offensively. So, I'm going to go with Minnesota, man. And I think Minnesota goes in as the division winner. Like I said, I think Green Bay is just, I've not been overly enthusiastic about their defense. has been playing a little bit better. But, yeah, I'm going with the Vikings, too. A couple of players that deserve huge shots with Neil Hunter, who we've been here about a couple of years now. I think he's become one of the best edge rushers. And Eric Kendricks. I've had a monster year at middle linebacker with him and Barr there. Just their front seven's loaded. It's always been loaded, but this year we've seen more players really elevate their games. So uh, it's just it, Kirk Cousins, you never know what to expect, but uh, I think Green Bay, they've, they're, they've been really underachieving. I think that offensive map will flourish and be a lot better. And, and seeing Rodgers in general is holding on to the ball for too long. You hold the ball for too long against Minnesota, you're going to make mistakes. So, yeah, going to go Minnesota, but once again, kind of like Dallas, not overly confident. Well, I think we can uh, wrap up the show here. Uh, Alan, thank you again for joining us. Thank you for also representing the brand, my friend. Always plugging away VM any chance you get. Uh, brand is strong. Brand is strong, my friend. Brand is strong. Um, guys, thank you all for listening. Shout out to all the listeners. Uh, spread the word. We got some really interesting stuff coming up. I got to say. Um, I'm cooking something up. I have all of next week off. I have about like eight days in a row off. I plan on doing a lot of stuff, networking and whatnot. Uh, Some cool things are coming up. And uh, yeah, you know where to find us. We gave the plugs out in the beginning. So no plugs now. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the football. And if you are in your fantasy championship, good luck. And we will catch you guys next time on Veterans Minimum. Yeah.